what is going down, everyone? Uh, this is Jeff New Sports. I got the uh, the best vice president, one of the best podcasters in the business with me, Mo Murphy tonight from Up in Flames. It's super week. We are pumped. We are twenty. We're another twenty four hours closer to to the big game. I don't know what it is about this this year, Mo. Something about this game just has me like energized. I don't know if it's because I don't have much stake in the game. I don't know if it's because maybe it's because of the Ohio team and the connections. I don't know what it is, but I'm really enjoying the buildup. I'm enjoying the side stories. You know, I, I think it's because we have such so many new players and so many players that haven't won a Super Bowl in this one. Maybe that's what it is because whoever wins is just they're going to deserve it. They're going to be mm-hmm. happy. They're going to be excited. It's going to be fun. We're not. We're, we don't have to tear them down until next year. They get like six months before we shred them. We take before them across the pressure the comes preseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, okay, is this the next? Like, we we know the narratives. Burrow wins. Is this the next dynasty? Uh, can anybody beat Cincinnati for the next thirty years? Like, we know what it's going to be. You know, Stafford wins. Like, ah, oh, can the Rams keep it together? Can they go back to back? Like, we know all it's that's going to happen afterwards. As soon oh, as yeah. Hall of Fame talk starts like all oh, that. That first ballot bullshit starts morning, up. like is the first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> yep. That's the first question Monday morning. They won't even talk about the Super Bowl. They'll talk about Matt Stafford going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so uh, I, I know that was a hot opening. So this is Jeff Deed Sports. That's up at plays. We're both from the Off the Ball Network. This is our Super Week. Um, trying to put together a lot of a lot of fun stuff for you tonight's um, topic. Uh, I came up with was the best all-time individual performances. And as always, Off the Ball Network, we give you our take on on whatever the topic is. We don't we don't just Google it and and you know regurgitate it. Like we give you like what we saw with our own eyes and feelings and stuff like that because we feel that that's more genuine show. Uh, what I like to do. And I'm lucky enough that basically I'm just at this point, like it feels like I remember every Super Bowl. So, you know, my library of Super Bowl memories is huge. It's, it's one of the few, like, I don't mind growing old, but it's one of the few great things about growing old is that like, I seen, you know, I seen Jerry Rice play. I seen Montana play. I've seen Michael Jordan play um, and, and remember it all. So um, I try to take advantage of that on this show. And then, then, then the young guys are like, yeah, but we can still walk upright. And I'm like, well, okay, you win. So <laughs> young guys win. So anyway, tonight is best uh, top five Super Bowl performances. But before we get to that, uh, Mo, I got to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Okay. So everybody knows we're high state guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's something we do. We do a lot of a high state. I, you know, I do the Buckeye remix. We're both on, you know, we both do the shows with Jay all the time on Locked In Buckeyes. We're both tuned in. We both love them. That is an, for some reason, um, we're talking Super Bowl week. We're a month from the college football playoffs. People can't keep Ohio State out of their mouth when they're talking about the Super Bowl, whether it's the Joe Joe Burrow. Here's what I hear today. Here's what I hear today. Peter King, one of the most respected, knowledgeable, most successful NFL writers of all time. Here's what he says on TV. He says, well, they were talking about Joe Burrow and the narrative, how it basically he's the bionic man, I guess. Anyway, it's a whole thing. But then he says, Urban Meyer, after Urban Meyer kicked him to the curb, you know, he, he went to LSU and, and rebuilt himself and got in a better situation, has made the best of it. Now, okay, okay. I don't remember <laughs> Urban Meyer kicking Joe Burrow to the curb. He simply picked the quarterback that he chose. Burrow, Burrow left as a grad transfer. That's how I remember it. I didn't like this, this. What are, what's this obsession with Ohio State, even on Super Bowl week? I mean, we got all, we got all the Ohio State players in it, which is great. I really am, you know, rooting for some of them, and it also makes me mad that that 2015 team failed like they did. That's a different conversation, but um, just like 
I, as an Ohio State fan, like, are you hearing the same thing that I am? I mean, obviously, I'm geographically so much closer to the situation than you are. Yeah, I mean, you know, I pay attention to it in the social media. And then, you know, I just happen to be a fan of, you know, when it comes to NFL and college football, like I happen to be a fan of the most talked about teams, most hated teams, most disrespected teams. However you want to look at it, I feel like we we all can agree. Ohio State has earned their respect. So, you know, it's different than being a Cowboys fan. But it is like right now, Ohio State is one of the schools with the most players playing. And the argument is whether Ohio State should claim Joe Burrow or not. Like, is he an Ohio State player? But here's my thing. Joe Burrow has put that argument to rest where everybody shouldn't even have a conversation on it because Joe Burrow has said out his mouth, I'm always a Buckeye. Like, I don't forget about that time. Ohio State made me. I left. I transferred, but it wasn't a bad break. It wasn't a he stayed there and fought like a dog. Like and he said at the end of the day, I'm a Buckeye at heart. Like, yes, Louisiana and all the charisma and stuff that, you know, when he started when Joe Burrow. Yeah. Joe Burrow. But he's like, I'm a Buckeye. So therefore, it's like, why are we even arguing it? Then why? I have no idea. Talking about Ohio State like, oh, y'all can't claim him. Like, okay, well, I'll claim the six other players that are playing in the Super Bowl. Like, (laughs) thank you. Perfectly fine. Like, okay. We don't have to, because if Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl, we don't have to say an Ohio State quarterback wins the Super Bowl. I'm perfectly fine because I'm five other players on his roster were Ohio <laughs> State players, did play on that national championship team, and, and stayed their whole career at Ohio State. So we yeah. could claim that those players won and root for those yeah. guys. So I just don't yeah. get why Ohio State I does I don't either. It just, I can't believe they let him go. Who cares? Look, I mean, like, that was It what, just who, won't stop. It just won't stop. Who cares? Like, it. it we went through Haskins. We went through Justin Fields. We went through CJ Stroud. Like, I don't even care about that quarterback battle, but that's going to be brought up because Haskins is a bust and Joe Burrow is playing in a Super Bowl. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be brought up. That's the story of his career. And yeah. he doesn't even care about it. I don't and even it, think he thinks about it. No, no, at all. I mean, it's it's just not a thing. And, the, and my last word on it is, too, you know, and I told my wife this because – Again, I know everybody's heard me say this many times. We literally played against Joe Burrow in high school. So like we've seen this kid's career since he was a junior in high school. So like we're 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 an hour away from where he grew up, blah, 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 blah. My point is, like when they, they talk about the mistake that Ohio State made letting him go or kicking him to the curb or whatever. Well, I don't remember people outside of you know, Ohio State, we're talking one of the they were at the time they recruited Joe Burrow, one of the best teams in college football. And they, they recruit him. I don't remember LSU knocking down his door. I don't remember Alabama. So, like, maybe let's give Ohio State some credit for when, when um, Urban Meyer got there. He could have, he could have, you know, not given Joe Burrow the scholarship. And then Joe Burrow would have had to go to Central Michigan or OU or something like that. Do we think he has the same path if he doesn't go to Ohio State? So, like, I'm not saying he owes Ohio State anything. He's earned everything he's got. But they did stick with him and give him the opportunity, which got him to LSU, and he had the greatest season in college football history, and now he's in the Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. Like, let's not act like Ohio State's completely stupid on this one. They've they've done pretty well since. And let's they, not act like Dwayne Haskins that year. The yeah, year what wasn't stand, wasn't in New York on staying on the podium. Yeah, when the year that Joe Burrow struggled while at LSU. Yeah. The whole letting letting Joe Burrow go have it all look justified because Dwayne Haskins threw for like five thousand yards, fifty touchdowns. Yeah. And wasn't our typical escape out the pocket type quarterback. He yeah. was like the ultimate version of what we thought Cardell Jones was. That one yeah. year, it was justified. Dwayne Haskins was a first round pick. It's and, because Haskins didn't pan out in the NFL. Burrow goes yeah. on the next year to have the greatest season. 
Justin Fields and them fell short against Clemson, so we weren't able to play against LSU to even, you know, have a chance of like, well, yeah. we ended up beating Joe Burrow. Probably wasn't a, whatever. I don't really nah. care. But because Haskins is a bust in the NFL, yes, had he been there you go. Practice, there you go. Like if he was still the starting quarterback for the Washington football team and talking about getting his extension, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. And, and let me tell you how this would have went. Joe Burrow wouldn't have got the opportunity to lose games at Ohio State. Uh, we Haskins lost one game that year and high states considered that whole year a waste of time because of the uh, Purdue loss. So let's not act like, let's not act like uh, he would burrow would have got the same chance to like the growing pains that he got at LSU to have an average season. That, that yeah, shit wouldn't have flown championship and one <laughs> bowl. Yeah. And that was just, that was the same failure as this year. And that was with only mm-hmm. one loss. We won mm-hmm. the, we won the big Ten championship. But what we play, I think we played Washington that year uh, in the Rose bowl. And that was like, yeah, I, yeah playoff team so who cares like right so anyway i i had i had to pick your brain on that i I was pretty i was i was i was getting a little red earlier i'm like okay y'all need to just enjoy your super bowl talk about your nfl whatever your teams are like take 10 seconds off from like constantly worried about what ohio state's doing like i can't help it everybody thinks that i'm crazy about that but like that it just never goes away like ohio state runs the football universe yeah i said it so anyway Joe Burrow may have the one of the greatest games we've ever seen. If they win this Super Bowl, Cincinnati Cincinnati wins the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow probably will have had one of the greatest games we've ever watched. We don't know that yet. What me and you are here to talk about tonight is the greatest performances by a player that we've ever seen. So um, we've we've got a great list here. This is awesome. We got ten different uh, cat ten different players. So I'm gonna love this. Uh, I'm so, I'm really excited. This is one of my favorite lists. That we, we didn't agree done. on the list. We don't have a, a matching one on there. What's that? Uh, no, we do not. Oh, this this makes no, it we easy. don't we don't we don't not we don't disagree. We just don't have any matches, so this is going to be a lot of fun. We do have we have a combative one on here. We'll get to so we're gonna we'll work our way up. We'll start at number five. I'll start. I'll let you go. Or no, actually, yeah, I'll let you go. So you can have you can have the last one because your number one is is pretty tight. Um, I hope I've got this list right. I'll let you check it out. I'll put it up here so everybody can see it. There's our list. Is that correct for you? Did I get it wrong or right? No, I mean I never changed the order, so I'm just rocking with with, with how it goes. Like you can change. You, we can go in order, whatever order you want to go. And this for me, is, this James is, White wasn't number one. It was just the first one I put down. But oh, it's fine. This. It's also fine because I would love for him to get his love. I don't. He had. To, he didn't. To me, he didn't have the greatest performance I ever seen. I just when I was making the list and putting it down, and I told you I'd get you back with the five in order. Well, and if I, you've got it. That's fine. If you've got your order, we'll go that way. This is just a graphic so everybody can see what we're talking about. It's cool. So you you go ahead and go through your order. I'll go through my order. So I'll start. Um, I'll start at number five. Uh, let me bring my stats up here. Um, we'll say it's my my producer's got to bring my stats up here. And by producer, I mean my left hand. That, that sounded creepier than it was. <laughs> so <laughs> my number my number five greatest performance that I ever watched. Uh, I put Larry Fitzgerald Super Bowl forty three. That was the Arizona Cardinal versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, I know I, he lost the game, but Larry Fitzgerald did everything. He was the best player on the team. He was the glue of that team. He was, um, you know, he was just like he was just the, the the driving force. He did everything. He had a really good game. He had the breakaway touchdown. We thought he had the game winning touchdown catch. You know, Pittsburgh had a miraculous drive to win the game. But just watching the game with my eyeballs. He was. I thought he was the best player on the field, even though Anquan Bolden had a really good game. But um, I just thought Fitzgerald did everything. Again, we talked about the other night on our show. You had the Harrison return for a touchdown, which really flipped things. And they, and you know, 
they they waited too long to unleash Larry Fitzgerald, who was the best receiver in football that year. But it was still one of the the best games I ever saw. And for about three minutes, I thought Larry Fitzgerald was going to win the Super Bowl and be the Super Bowl MVP. So at number five, I got Larry Fitzgerald, Super Bowl forty three. You you I know you I know you remember that game, and I know yeah. you like Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, you know I love I love my wide receivers. I love my corners. Obviously, as we move on down the list, I have somebody from that game as well. You know. Going back to your episode that we did on Sunday or that we did on Sunday with some of the greatest Super Bowls that we watched, this game made it on there. We talked about Larry Fitz. We also talked about the other guy that we'll get into. My number five is Von Miller. So I'm going to just rock with my list how it is because I also have a case that I'll keep James White at number one. Um, uh, Von Miller at number five. I mean, two and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. But here's, here's the most important kicker of that game is that he made the the league MVP quit. Like that's yep. flat out the the pressure that he applied off of, off of that line, off of that edge. He made the league MVP quit. And we remember that play when Cam Newton fumbled the ball and Broncos defense dove and attacked it. And Cam Newton just kind of stood there like he didn't. <laughs> and that, that was like kind of the start of the demise of Cam Newton. The, the questions about, you know, how much does Cam Newton love the game? Like how much dog does he have in him? Like the MVP, you don't dive on it in the most important game of your life. Like especially a guy we've seen perform well in the national championship, like have an amazing season in college. Like you're like, you know, this is a Super Bowl. Like you don't worry about future contracts or nothing like that. Like all the chips are on the line in the Super Bowl and the performance that Von Miller had, he made Cam Newton quit. Like obviously he didn't get subbed out, but mentally he checked out. And then he even checked out when he does the interview after you could tell, like he just rattled Cam Newton and that didn't look like the MVP. That looked like 2020 Cam Newton on the Carolina Panthers. Like that looked like the 2020 version. Now that we have seen that version, that looked like the 2020 version of Cam Newton that was playing for the Carolina Panthers. That was not the league MVP that we saw dominate that whole year with his legs, with his arm, just the ability that he had. Von Miller changed all of that in that game. It, it is hard to explain. Like, you know, Denver got there based on their uh, defense. If anybody, you know, if you don't quite remember, this was when Peyton Manning limped through his last season, uh, literally and figuratively, couldn't throw the ball. The defense carried him. And that play from Miller, the early strip sack, the touchdown, it it changed the direction of Cam Newton's career because it's, it's hard to remember now because just like you said, we've seen Cam play for the last few years, so we're kind of used to like this version of him. Going into that game, we were all like, "It like he's the best player in football for the next what five six years?" Like no doubt, like he was by far the best player in football. It, it felt like he had arrived, he had figured it out, and then after that play, it is it has actually never been the same. His next season was pretty good, but he was never the same Cam Newton. And Von Miller like made no like he he was born for that moment it it was the closest thing we've seen to lt in years i he was on my uh you know he was on my just miss list so uh, i'm glad you put him in there but man what what a game by von miller who is in this year's super bowl by the way so that that's uh and he's playing good one of the highest rated defenders left so yeah, in the playoffs oh shout out to von miller man what a what a great game uh at number 4 i've got nick <laughs> <laughs> Large Richard Foles uh, from from Super Bowl Fifty Two. This is the uh, Nick Foles was the you know he came in after Carson Wentz got hurt. He plays a really good playoffs and he plays one of the better Super Bowl games I've ever seen. But I factored in everything. He didn't even play as good as Tom Brady that day, 
but he, he, he received a touchdown. He made huge throws. He looked like he belonged there. And from going from backup quarterback to Super Bowl winner and, and, you know, looking the goat in the eye in the game, in the biggest game of the year and staring him down and, and getting it done. I, I still is, I still, sometimes I watch that game on replay and don't, and don't believe what I saw. So I think, uh, I think Nick Foles had just one of the greatest games in sports ever. So I he's, he's number four in my Super Bowl picks, but man, what a day by Nick Foles, man. Yeah. And so because my, uh, inaptitude of being able to read Roman numerals is why I have Super Bowl 51, Tom Brady, but it was, oh, right. 52 it was Super Bowl 52. You took Nick Foles. I took Tom Brady for the simple fact, like that would have to be, you know, Tom Brady's performance would have to be what the greatest performance by a loser. Like at the end of the day, like if what? we were reading, like, well, you'll get there, you'll get there. Cause yeah, I mean, I'll get there, but like, cause Tom Brady, 43, 43 completions, most completions in the game. 60, he threw for 62 passes, most passes thrown in a Super Bowl, 466 yards, most yards thrown in a Super Bowl, two touchdowns and one pick. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, and, and here's the thing, Nick, Nick Foles, 28 for 43, 373 yards, three passing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown. And he wasn't the best quarterback that day. Right. And and then so, you you know, it's like you you talk about that and you're like, to see to have seen two of two of the best quarterback performances you've ever seen in one game, and like yeah. obviously as we go down the list, but like in one game, two quarterbacks like make your list from the same game. Like one is on yours, yeah. one is on mine. Like that goes to tell you how amazing. What was it? Forty-one to thirty-three uh, was the final score. But that goes to tell you how amazing that game was. Is the yeah, fact it, that the winner I got it, the loser, but they both played out of their mind, like throwing for almost five hundred yards and losing the game. That's not. That's one of those like Brady look and be like, I did my part. Bill Belichick, the defensive guru, failed to Nick Foles. Like, you know, we talked about that. Like Brady gets to like, hey, that Super Bowl loss. Like, it's not on me. I did everything I'm supposed to do as a quarterback. We did everything we're yeah. supposed to do in offense. And then here, here comes me, Bill I, Belichick well, I mean, got fried by Nick Foles, and we don't talk about that on Bill Belichick's resume enough. Oh no, we fried by Nick Foles. Yeah. Um. Yeah, if you if you want to listen to that, we he, this game actually made our greatest Super Bowls uh, show that we did. So you can go to Jeff Needs Sports and check that out. Uh, we did it a couple of days ago. Great show. So with that being said, Mo, go ahead and go with number four on your list as as I've got it wrote down. Yeah, Tom Brady. Like you know, like <laughs> Tom Brady. Like you know, so for everything I said about you know, like Nick Foles played amazing, but like you said, he wasn't the best quarterback on the field, and that's one of those like. When Tom Brady really comes out, I know he did man in the arena and things, but like as an active player, you don't unleash certain feelings because you don't pay the target on your back. And, you know, Tom Brady's maybe retired. We don't know yet. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. I think 10 years from now, when he does his Jordan like documentary, which I think he will, I think the people will want something like that for a real, real dive into Tom Brady and have everybody sitting on the couch retired and being able to talk, tell their stories about Tom Brady. But I do think this is going to be a game where Tom Brady throws shade and is like, this is the one that haunts me the most because I played absolutely amazing. And I was yeah. with a defensive head coach guru, you know, the greatest coach of all time, arguably, definitely. He gets applauded for his, you know, his mind defensively. And he got fried by Nick Foles. Like we couldn't <laughs> I mean, to stop Nick Foles. Like, I do think this is going to be one of Tom Brady's like throw shade moments. And then Bill Belichick is going to have to answer to that. Like I said, what, Brady, 466. Oh, and the thing is, 
Belichick's team's got toasted a couple times in Super Bowls. They that Atlanta team was running it up on them too. Like Brady saved him in that game. Brady but like, saved him in that game, and we don't talk about it enough because at the end of the day, still got six, still made yeah. it to what eight of them. Uh, no, made it to nine of them together, but he got six. But we don't talk about like how Vinatieri changed the narrative on on Bill Belichick. We always talk about Tom Brady. Never give him his credit. The kicker. Gave him a couple Super Bowls, but we're like, well, uh, Bill Belichick's defense has gotten fried a few times in Super Bowls and even in yep. playoff games, but we don't knock him for it because we we all acknowledge him as the greatest coach of all time. But this is one of those, I think, 10 years from now when Brady drops his documentary, you know, his GOAT documentary like MJ did that this will bro, be like, bro, bro, Brady, bro shade. There's a war, there's a universe, an alternate universe out there to where Brady lost to Jake, <laughs> Jake DeLome. Eli Manning, Nick Foles, <laughs> Matty Ice, Ryan, like Matt Ryan, like yeah, there is an alternate. There, there is a weird world out there. So yeah, but 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 anyway, that was that was one of the again. That's why it's on our list of best Super Bowls ever played. At number three, I got John Elway, which this that's a throwback. Every I hear John Elway, and it makes me feel old. But uh, this is John Elway. This is uh, Super Bowl thirty three. This is versus the Atlanta Falcons. The game wasn't that great. But what this was about was like the culmination of John Elway's career. He he went out there, he he took it, he left no doubts, you know, about this game. It got, you know, it was one of those games a little closer than people remember, but it really wasn't that close. This was Elway's last game as a Denver Bronco, a legendary career. The, John Elway's got this weird underrated career to where like there there's you know, there's a version of this where he's the best quarterback we've ever saw. Five went to five Super Bowls, played great. You know, uh, throughout his career, carried the team, you know, had one of the I will say one of the weakest, you know, you know, supporting cast around him for some so someone that went to five Super Bowls. So and this was just one of those like he just went out, he made every throw. Rod Smith had a huge game. But uh, I, I gave it to John Elway because I just watched it and I was like, he knew what was at stake. He, he just he t- it was a lot like Brady last year, who was just like, I know it's at stake here. Like, I'm just going to end this game. And I just I remember watching the game and thinking like and then just knowing he was going to, you know, you know, ride off into the sunset. So I uh, actually shout out to John Elway and uh, Super Bowl 33, just one of one of the true legends. And then he, he, he finished the job. Yeah. You know, when I, obviously I'm not old enough to I didn't see. Obvious, yes, obviously, Mo, you're yeah, not I'm old sorry. Enough. Like, but I've, I've seen see like. Because I've loved sports for so long, like I've seen these games. You know, I used to watch like hardwood classics all the time. I used to, so I've seen these games, but obviously I don't know the feeling of the games at the time. I just seen performance. The closest thing, the closest thing would be Brady last year, like knowing knowing the moment, knowing his age, knowing yeah. it could be the end. And you know, it's like John Elway had it, it sounds crazy. John Elway had 336 yards in this game. That was a good bit, you know, in the 80s and 90s. Like a 300-yard game was still a big deal. Um, but just just commanded the offense, played a good game. Um, so that it was uh it was just it, it was just kind of a cool a cool moment, you know what I mean? It was more about the moment than it was actually how he played. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, it was one of those, like it was his last game as a Denver Bronco. Mm-hmm. The best way to cap off a legendary career with a team is is winning a Super Bowl. And, and a back-to-back. It was his second of the back-to-back, all the pressure. This was the famous Atlanta was there because they uh, knocked off Minnesota in the championship game with the with the field goal and all that. What the that that let me just tell you right now, that Minnesota team playing playing correctly beats Denver by 21 that night. Like that Minnesota team was the biggest what if in the history of football as far as I'm concerned. Best team I ever saw that didn't even make the Super Bowl, but uh so that's how Atlanta got there. 
you know, not that they earned it. They beat Minnesota, but they were not the best team in the NFC that year by any stretch of the imagination. But um, still, it was was a cool memory. Like when I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's what we do these shows for the performances that it makes you go back. It made you think like, look, scores. That's how I came up with mine. Like, I remember these moments. It made me think, watch some clips from the game just to refresh my memory. But that's how I came up with my list, too, was just like I remember certain things in the moment. And from here on out, I start to get with my bias from three, two, and one. And no, three. you're here on out's really good, man. I'm in. So let, let's go. What's your number three, man? So number three, obviously, this major show, you know, greatest Super Bowls we ever watched. I picked this Super Bowl. This player is the reason why I picked this Super Bowl. Flat out bias. I am a San Antonio Holmes fan. He attended the <laughs> Ohio State University. There is, you know, it's flat bias. And how I respected his performance, but like he made. But you're not wrong. You're not wrong, man. Yeah, like he made the catch. Like when you really think about it, you'd be like, "Well, I see how it makes this list: nine catches, 131 yards, and a mm. touchdown." But it wasn't just a touchdown; it was the touchdown to win the Super Bowl. So and one of the greatest catches in the history of football. Like there's that no doubt that gets lost. Like it, it, and, and we talked about this before, but isn't it crazy that that catch kind of gets lost because we totally. start talking about greatest catches and it's like. Manningham, obviously the David Tyree and and so the Julian Edelman. So it's like this this loses because of recency bias. Well, like this was arguably because this was the catch. They didn't go on to win the game. They won the game. Won the game. That catch basically ended the game. I think Arizona had Arizona, I, I believe it ended with a strip sack that would have been like a Hail Mary attempt from yeah, it Arizona. Was like, 10 sec- like it wasn't much, it was less no. than it wasn't much time left. Like no. it was gonna take a miracle, but it was like you knew the game was over, but you still have to yeah. play it because sports. And he had whole drive. Like, yeah, and Antonio he, Holmes had the whole drive. So, like, it's one of those like when you, but when you make the catch, like to me, like you know, we started talking about this, like this would be the greatest catch in Super Bowl because it. We didn't go on to win the game because of the catch. We didn't set up for a field goal. You know, we didn't. Okay, that if if it wasn't for that catch on fourth down, the drive is over. However, you want to look at like this one. The game, and he had an absolutely amazing performance. He did everything you want Out, from a receiver. Outside of John Taylor, like, has there been another game-winning catch besides Antonio Holmes? Like, there's not that many. Uh, not I guess, I guess, because I don't consider Plexico as a game-winning catch because Tom Brady had a ton of time to get back downfield. Like, it was the go-ahead catch, and it yeah, was that was the go was, on. They went on to win the game because yeah. of that catch, but it was like a, a walk-off as opposed to like like these guys they. Ca- it ended the game. There were like 10 yeah. seconds left. Like that was the game because of that catch. So like I said, like this was the catch, like, and it was two toes barely in. Like it was, great, a clear, it was a great catch. They had to review it. So there was already celebration and then they reviewed it. And so it almost like instilled in your memory. Cause you, do you remember how long it took for them to determine? Oh, like it was about a solid, like two commercial breaks. And we know in the Super Bowl commercials take forever. It was like two, they knew they had to get this right. Because they, if there was any type of doubt, they knew they had to get this right because this was the difference between us. This was the difference between a Super Bowl champ. Yeah. This was I remember, like, I liked San Antonio Holmes a lot at Ohio State. That, that 2005 team that he played on was, you know, it, it was one of the better teams we ever had that didn't, you know, they, like, again, they won the Fiesta Bowl and lost a couple games, a uh, couple tough ones, but really liked San Antonio Holmes. I don't like Pittsburgh at all, but I was so happy for him at that moment. I've got a lot of Pittsburgh fans, you know, as friends, and I text them. I'm like, you're welcome. Like, you're welcome. Santino had, yeah, he didn't have the, I think a lot of it, he didn't have the career, you know, that he could have based on 
like a Super Bowl winning catch, but neither right. did Plexico. John Taylor had a really, really good career. Uh, but so I think that's and, and this is just a game that gets kind of lost. Like I have no idea why that it slips through the cracks like it does. Um, it just kind of isn't a game that is constantly remembered. Now, a lot of this happens because like sometimes it's who broadcasts the game and you don't get as many replays and all this. I don't know if it's a situation like that, but this game just doesn't come up a lot. It's all if it does, it's about the Harrison 99 yard return for a touchdown. But, and I don't remember who and you know what else when it comes to Super Bowls, I don't remember who performed at that halftime show. Because you know that's also like Super Bowls you know is what? You're right. as a legendary halftime shows. I don't remember. And it could be like somebody excellent, but I don't remember. And so that's how sometimes like when people think about it's a great game and a great halftime performance, like yeah. that that Super Bowl goes on, or if it's a bad game, but that You'll start thinking about, well, man, I remember the halftime show. Like that means a lot. So, like, I don't yeah. remember who performed in this halftime show. I was still, I mean, I was in like high school yeah. at, at the time, but still, that's a good time for you to watch this game, though. Like this, that's a good time for you to see this performance by Santiago yeah, Holmes. That made me. That had to, yeah, that, that was that was cool. Yeah, I was playing um, quarterback at the time. Oh man, watch this just, game because all my favorite players were like Tos, Antonio Holmes, Ted Ginn, yeah. like. State guy. So wow. I wanted to like, oh no, I want to play wide receiver. Like, look at I want to be these guys. I don't want to be the quarterback. Like, da da da. And then in my head, I'm like, no good quarterbacks go to Ohio State. So I'm like, in my head, you know, I'm going to Ohio State to play football. Yeah. So I wanted to play wide receiver. Oh man, that's that's good. That's good. That's what these memories are about. That's true. I, and I'm the same way. Like I got a couple on my list here that I was in the exact same situation that you were then. So we'll let's go right to it. My number two is a wide receiver. Um, everybody might have heard of this guy. His name is uh, Jerry Rice. Maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so and we talked about the other. We did a great show on this again. Go back and listen. We talk about the Super Bowl. You know, one, my my number one all time is uh, Bengals 49ers and Super Bowl uh, 23. But Super Bowl 23, Jerry Rice, it, it just it is one of the most memorable performances I ever saw. And it was one of these, just like you talked about. You knew it when it was happening. As you're watching the game, every pass that Rice caught, you're like, this is big. Like, he's doing something big. This is important. And again, Rice, Rice at this time is only like, uh, this would be his fourth year in the league, I think, or third. 80th, yeah, I think is his third or fourth year in the league. Hadn't, hadn't won a Super Bowl yet. Uh, he had 11 catches, 215 yards, one touchdown. But he, ev- it, I swear it felt like every catch he had was was ginormous there was no throwaway you know catches it it just it just felt like that and you know at that point i'm you know i'm pulling for the Bengals. most of ohio was at that point uh it'll be sort of like this year and when he caught the ball back then like rice you just you just you stopped breathing for a second until he got tackled like it was just he just jumped off the screen you know with his ability and you forget because sometimes as these guys get older and I'm, i'm as guilty as anybody you know, you you assume the newer guy is just better. Like the the next guy that comes along, like like right now, I'm sure there's some a, a young person that's like, oh yeah, Cooper Cup would you know would have eight thousand yards receiving in 1988. But then you like you go back and watch, and you're like, sometimes you got to slow slow your roll on that. Jerry Rice was awesome. He he deserved you know he deserves the goat label. And I just think that was like the the it was just a great performance by Rice. And I and at that point, like I'm like you, man. At that point, uh, I'm playing football. I went out. Jerry Rice wore red gloves. I went out and bought red Newman gloves. I imagine Newmans were gone by the time you even played football. But that was the – they became – you probably had cutters, right? 
you're a cutter yeah. guy that yeah we, we had newman's uh same thing uh sticky receiving gloves i bought red because i wanted to be jerry rice i wanted to be a wide receiver um you know the i did i did i couldn't get number 80 i was 84 but um it, that was back when you still wore 80s as a wide receiver it, it just everything that you said about homes and all that holds to me with jerry rice i knew what i was watching at the point like you watched, you know, when you watched the film of, you watched every step he made, you watch how he came out of breaks, you watch how he, you know, how he used his hands and all that stuff still translates I, the, the technician that he was not to mention the athlete that he was. Uh, it was just one of those, it was just a time capsule for like, yeah. okay, this is, it's, it's like watching some of the Jordan games in 96 or 98 or whenever you want to pick, like you just watch that and you're like, this is a time capsule. Like this is, this is as good as it gets. Enjoy it. You know, don't overthink it. <laughs> yeah, this is a true legend plan. And you knew it that night, you know, it, and he had the, he had basically every yard on the drive, except for the, the Taylor got the, the touchdown, but everything else was Jerry Rice in that, in that the, the drive. So um, yeah, just had a lot of fun rewatching that uh, shout out to Jerry Rice. Uh, one of the, just, just one of the true legends of sports. Yeah. And he becomes one of the legends that as time, his, he's starting to get forgotten about, right? Like we yep. have no argument for receivers and like, he's still a top of the list, but now like the people my age are wanting to do Randy Moss. And Randy Moss. Has, has even T.O.'s right there. And for me, like I got to respect that Jerry Rice is the GOAT and it's going to take a lot more than the legendary yep. career that Moss or Owens had to pass that up multiple Super Bowls. Like that's another thing you got to think about. He's got championships. He's got the receiving yards. Yeah, Jerry Rice has like, or him. Jerry Rice might have four. I, he, did he catch me? He might have caught one late in his career with another team. He had a weird – there's a weird, like, Jerry Rice went to Seattle year. Like, <laughs> I, was, I, remember, I remember Rice on Seattle. Rice played – remember when Rice played for the Raiders? He played for the Raiders. He, he went to the Super Bowl with the Raiders, didn't he? Uh, was he on that – was he with Tim Brown? I think he might have been on that team that lost in the Super Bowl. I, I don't I, – He got hurt one year. He blew out – Right, because he was with the Raiders, and he was old. This, it was like him, Tim Brown. It was yes. like a nostalgic. Like this would have been a legendary group if they were playing. Yeah. If you got both of them in their prime, like that would have been a legendary group. I like, remember he he broke a record because there was a there was about a season there where he bro- every time he caught the ball he broke a record. He he blew out his knee on a touchdown to break a record. I remember that for Oakland, and then came back and played like two more years. And it was one of those weird ones. It was it was exactly like Jordan playing for the Wizards. Like people wanted to clown it, and you're like, no, nah, no, nah, he can do whatever he wants. Like Jerry Rice could do whatever he wants. Like it didn't matter. Right. Yeah, he earned that right. He had he had the the three chips, and he had the ten or eleven of the greatest seasons we've ever seen. I mean, his next year in the Super Bowl was a great game, and then the '95 game, he had a great game. Like he had three fantastic Super Bowls, but this that's the, the his first one's just the one that I remember. Yeah, because I remember even like Jerry Rice, like the Jerry Rice I remember. I remember when he was at Oakland and they played against. When he had braids. <laughs> he, so when they played, they played against Miami, and that was when Miami had the baseball field. Like they were sharing yes. the field with the Marlins. Like that's the for me, that's the Jerry Rice I remember. Yeah. Like that's the one I watched on TV. I didn't get to see. It was like watching. Like I remember Jordan on the Wizards. I remember playing with him on NBA Live. Like that. That was the. So that's the Jerry Rice I know. It's like oh, you don't know what you missed. And I'm like. Yeah, I don't. But even still, like, oh, yeah, but you, but you know, you're gonna see you're, you're you gonna know, see guys that we don't like. It, that's it just how it's always been. enough that like, okay, this isn't the Jerry Rice that we talk about when we talk about him about broadcasting. But like, 
he, like you say, he earned that right. He could do whatever. Like, no, you're not yeah. going to force him to retire. He retires when he wants to. Like, he's become that kind Let of Let me leg. tell you how long ago Jerry Rice started playing football. When he first came into the league, sometimes wide receivers still put their hand in the ground. At lining like up on the line of scrimmage? Yeah, no, no. On the, yeah, on the line of scrimmage. But at split in, split out wide, you still put your hand in the dirt. You still got a three-point stance sometimes at wide receiver. Yeah, Jerry that's Rice came into the That's a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> That's yeah, that shit is true. I never did that. I I played. I started playing football right about the same time Rice was playing, but I, I never had to put my hand in the ground at I wide receiver. Imagine somebody doing that right now. No, man. no, it looks like they're starting a track game, dude. This shit is wild, man. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, Jerry Wright. There's there's footage of it. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. But um, but they but like I said, height of the West Coast offense, man. It was great. So uh, you're number two. Surprise, another wide receiver. Yeah. So. When I start with so, you know, I have a story behind it. So I want to dig into this. I'm going to use Jeff's uh, term. Full disclosure, (laughs) I owned a Philadelphia Eagles jersey because of this guy right here. Everybody knows I'm a Cowboys fan, and most of us wouldn't. So did my son, by the way. I had the 81 Terrell Owens Philadelphia Eagles jersey. I was a kid. Super Bowl 39, I think that was in oh. Was that 08? 08 or 09? Uh, no, it was before that. 06. It was like yeah, 2006. Yeah. It was like this, 2006. This was the this was the third, right? Of the three of the first three. Yeah. So this was like 2006, right? It sounds right. It feels yeah. like we should know. Yeah, I yeah, I really feel like I should know, but the years in it, and you get the wrong rules and you just forget. But TO was he really wasn't supposed to play in this game. He was supposed to be done for the season, didn't play throughout the playoffs, uh, and then he was supposed to be a decoy. Like, he was out there because for some reason, the football god struck him with enough health to be able to move. You remember Terrell Owens had a broken leg. Let, like, let's dig into let's dig into this Terrell Owens story here because this 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 season is epic. He of course he's completely he's labeled as, you know, whatever the worst teammate in history of the world, even though nothing on the field ever backed that up. This is the uh it changed the rule. He he broke his leg on a horse collar tackle, which now everybody knows is illegal. That this is why the horse collar tackle is illegal, because he got drugged down from behind and broke his leg. He was having a him and McNabb were having one of the great seasons, and he had and a separate end zone dance for every stadium he went in, and it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like it's hard to explain what a big deal Terrell Owens was. He went, this is a classic. He went to Philadelphia to win a Super Bowl, right? I mean, yeah. like he, he didn't play so career there. So just, I'm just setting the stage for like when he broke his leg, it was really, really, really a, a, a huge deal. And he was by far, I think he was by far the best receiver in the league that year. I don't think he was, it was really close at that point in Terrell's career. So you can, you I can go now. Close, you know, my boy. Chad Ocho Cinco over there, like you know, was, you know, I'm a Chad Johnson, avid Chad Johnson lover. So it was a little close. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's how close it was. Everybody, Ocho Cinco was second. Steve Smith was, but you know, now, Moss Moss was still kicking. No, this was, was this. I don't want. I don't know. I don't want to get sidetracked. But this might have been those weird Moss Raiders years to where and, he and Raiders, because remember he, they counted him out. They thought his career was over. And yeah, he was kind of irrelevant. Had a record breaking season. Yeah. Anyway, so, Terrell yeah, Owens, what? Own football. Like he's on the cover of 2K, like everything. Amazing because he played, like you say, he broke his leg. Like he was done, and it almost seemed like Philly's done at, at that point. And he and then he comes in because, like I said, the football gods struck him with something, and who knows however many steroids. They'll never talk about that because <laughs> you know steroids is illegal. But we all know you ain't playing on a broken leg without something that 
in your body that shouldn't be. Nine catches, 122 yards, doesn't get a touchdown. But the fact that he was even able to against T.O. like performance against that Patriots defense. I guess I was gonna say, bring that up because that was this was this was when the Patriots defense was great. Yeah, like that that Patriots defense was, I mean, Hall of Famers and and Pro Bowlers everywhere, and that was even at a time where. Being in, playing in the Pro Bowl, being a Pro Bowler was like a huge deal. Like it, it meant something. Yeah. It was like incentives and contract. Like the Pro Bowl wasn't a joke at that point in time. I'm not saying it was the greatest football game we ever watched, but like it wasn't two hand touch at that point. You were going to the ground. Yeah, it was you a little different. You weren't hitting quarterbacks. The only person that wasn't getting touched in Pro Bowls was quarterbacks. Outside of that, you know, Sean Taylor lays out punters. <laughs> Go say shout out Sean Taylor. For- yeah, shout out, you know, rescue Sean Taylor. But that's what they did in Pro Bowls. But nine catches, 122 yards on a broken leg. Like he was really there to be a decoy and kind of make. And they couldn't cover him. Yeah. And it was, I feel like he was there just to make Bill Belichick prepare for him for just in case. Like, does he have that one play in him? And nine catches, 122 yards later. Like, and they had a shot at this game, obviously. I don't think, I don't think that they intended on playing T.O. that game. I think T.O. just kept going and, and was able to do it. Like, I remember going up to that. There was no plans on him playing. Yeah, he and I think he was just like, he just felt good and kept going. Yeah, and he wasn't supposed to be there. And then I, I thought like when he is playing, like everybody, oh, he's he's on a broken leg. He's just a decoy. Like he's just out there as a scare tactic. He's not going to play. He's not really going to run yep. around. Like you're not doing that on a broken leg. And for him to nine catches and 122 yards later, yeah. wish he would have had a touchdown, you know, uh, right. might have changed the, the outcome of, of this Super Bowl. But to be able to do what he did on a broken leg, like, that's that doesn't happen. That's like like we we emphasize it's it doesn't get the love because they didn't win, right? Because we emphasize like Jordan's flu game where like he was right. running at temperature and he played really well. Like and it's not to knock him. I'm just saying like like yeah. some of those Kobe, you know, when he walked off off that Achilles tear, like still shot his free throws. Like we emphasize the toughness about him, but they also like won. Like he won the flu game. You know, Kobe and them, like his free throws mattered in that game where T.O., like he had, he played on a broken leg, but he lost. So it's like at that point, the legend was and, in the making being created. You don't he was disliked. He was comp- he was disliked. He was he was pigeonholed as like a, a problem. Like and he was a weird dude. Like he was he's he was I shouldn't say weird because I suspect that he may have some actual issues sometimes. But it, it seems like his after football life has been good. So it's I'm glad that. Like he was just a real celebrity. Like everything, yeah. It was all he, about entertainment. I and mean, I, the the the, the shirtless shirtless workout to the drive. Yes, in the yeah. driveway. Like in the, but he's a guy where he did it his way. Yeah, he didn't care what anybody thought, and it was like, but you have the media to kill him, and like because yeah. people we don't understand this dude. There's a way to act professional. There you go. Like, you never outside of Donovan McNabb, who like you don't have teammates speak ill of To like. Even no. coaches don't really speak ill of T.O. Like, how many of his coaches have come out? I'm like, Donovan McNabb and Jeff Garcia, the two people that didn't like Terrell Owens. And it's like, and then with his antics, everybody took it and ran with it. But then, you know, even the godforsaken Skip Bayless had to have T.O. on the show a few years ago. And T.O. was like, tell me the problems I caused. Like, you say Not I'm a kid in the locker room, but tell me what teammate hated He performed. Me. He performed. Yeah, so what? Everybody hated Donovan McNabb, too, in the yeah. locker room. So what's the difference? Like, oh, well, Jeff Garcia. Yeah, well, he was trash anyway, so who cares? Like, he, he didn't deserve a guy like me. Like, and T.O. did it his way. And, and so he gets killed for that. But at the end of the day, like, a performance like this, like, that's a Hall of Fame stamping performance. We already yeah. know he's the top five wide receiver of all time. And then you yeah. have a performance like this. Had he think- won – 
that'd be it. It I, I think people will be talking about like that performance. Well, he would have changed his career and McNabb's career if they win. Um, and and, and yeah, and Andy Reid's like the whole thing. Like it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, somebody's got to lose the games, but we're having a different conversation. And To what I what I do like about it, his his career is aging better. Like people are forgetting the BS and, and the narratives, and they're starting to realize like wow. And like you start looking back at what that guy did on the field because there's honestly like there's not a lot of guys like him now. Like I, we, we think that football evolves quickly. He was so big and physical, but also a route runner and he had great hands. Like there's not a lot of TOs in the league right now. He's like, like DK Metcalf. If DK Metcalf was played like, if he played like Cooper cup, like that's who we're talking about with TO Cooper yeah. Cup's probably the closest person I can think of right now, as far as really tall and rangy and good with his hands, but also finds a way to get open. Not blazing, so bigger too. Like that's what I mean. To was thick, like but that, like yeah, yeah. But like imagine T Higgins, but like great. I, it's hard to explain. Like To was a force of nature. So yeah, was, yeah. I like that. We might do a To show sometime. We should just well, let's just dedicate a whole show to To. Talking about Terrell Owens. Yeah, right? but yeah. Me too. Uh, me too. Of all time. All right, so here we go to my number one. This is my favorite without a this is the one this is the one that I didn't even have to think about. I knew my number one performance of all time. It's been this way since the day it happened. It's Doug Williams, Super Bowl twenty. Like everybody knows the story. It was, it's nineteen eighty seven. It was the strike year. It was the Jay Schrader had the job. Doug Williams took the job. Uh, they're playing the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are coming off a Super Bowl loss. Everybody assumes that, like, because that's kind of how you did it back then. You lost the Super Bowl, then you won the next year. It's kind of how things went. You know, John Elway, the Broncos, um, the three amigos for the Broncos then, like one of the best Broncos teams they'd had to date. Doug, Doug Williams, first black uh, starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. And that was, it gets hard to explain to, like, you know, normal people now what a big deal that was, but that was all the talk was going into the Super Bowl was there's a black quarterback starting in the Super Bowl. And that's still divisive now. Let's not be silly. But then I can't even explain what that was like because it, it destroyed every narrative that 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 people had. Like it, it it's just one of those it was as extreme as you guys might think it was in 1987. So Doug Williams comes into this game with all the weight, you know, in the world on his shoulders because if he fails you know they're ju- they're just going to go crazy with false narratives and and pin it all on him and not to mention his team's going to lose the Super Bowl. I don't know if we ever talk about the pressure that Doug Doug Williams had on his shoulders that day. And so what's he do? He comes in, game starts off ho hum, and everybody's like, man, you know Denver, you know might might be in trouble again, just like they were last year versus the Giants. Here comes the second quarter. Doug Williams throws. Four touchdown passes in the second quarter. I think 200 and about 25 yards in the second quarter. Uh, they scored 35 points total because Ricky Sanders had 122 yards rushing in the second quarter. It's the greatest quarter in the history of NFL football. Like nobody's, there's never been a better second quarter. That's it. Game's over at halftime. We spend it. What was cool about that is we get to spend the entire second half talking about what Doug Williams just did. Like we get us like as as it's happening. This wasn't a a last second field goal, and then we because you got to remember back then, as soon as the game's over, like you're watching whatever primetime television shows on. That's it. Like you talk about it, you know, like at school around the water cooler, you read the paper. Sports Illustrated comes out. Doug Williams on the cover says, "Wow!" But you didn't have you didn't have us. You didn't have Jeff and Mo doing post show and podcast, and you didn't have you know all the ESPN stuff. Like you saw it as it happened, and then 
everybody individually talked about it. So what was really cool about that game is you had a whole second half that the nation kind of got to discuss it together and like live it out together and, you know, and destroy so many uh, barriers that were put up. And it was also just on field, a great performance by Williams. Like it was, it, it was something to see. It was like the closest I can think of is y'all know when Steph Curry gets hot for like a quarter and he's, it's to the point to where he's like, he's shooting and he's not looking and he's, he's high fiving the fans. And like, it feels like he could throw it, you know, behind his back full court. That's what it was like for, for 15 minutes of football. And it's, uh, it's just, it's still the most amazing thing I've ever seen on the football field. And, and I just love it. Yeah. I mean, when you think about Doug Williams, like somebody my age, like is he's a pioneer for, for yeah. somebody like my still age. Still coaching, like, still coaching. Yeah. But there's no, there's no McNabb. There's no Dante Culpep. You would go down the line. There's no Michael Vick. Like, there's none of that without Doug Williams, right? Because it takes to, to break barriers. It takes somebody to be successful or else like the narrative just finally pushes where yep. black athletes are everything but quarterbacks. They're not. But once you win, like all is forgotten and like you, you, you lay, you know, you lay the foundation for the future. And that's essentially what yep. Doug Williams did to somebody my age. Like, you know, his importance. And it's like we're talking about it in February. But like if we were just to bring up, you know, important athletes in, in, in the month of black history, like. Uh, Doug Williams would be up there like, no, he's not Muhammad Ali with what he did in, in the fight or whatever, but it wasn't at that point in time. But like the foundation that he laid for for black quarterbacks and to even yeah. still be drafted and, and be respected or, or have a type of like you're just a high school guy because you were athletic. Like it's Doug Williams in the success that he had in winning a Super Bowl, breaking that barrier. It's and, he, and he went to he, he went to Grambling. He went to an HBCU. It's not like he he didn't come out of a, a football factory. Like he had to he, he played for Eddie Robinson. Like the the story is just it's so perfect, and he he handled it so well. And I know it. All this stuff. I I hope I hope most people think like well we're so far past that that like this this is ridiculous. But I remember what it was like. I remember the conversations that people had. I remember what the conversations the football fans had. Like. It was a real thing. Like, don't let anybody understate like what a big deal it was when when Williams did that. And against Elway, I mean, you know, Elway had nothing to do with it. Like, Elway's a great quarterback, but he's there. That's that's the golden child of the NFL. Like, he he stared him down at, at that point. It was like there is no possible way that Doug Williams could beat John Elway. Like, there is right. just it can't happen. And he just he torched him. Um, you know, I hate. You know, I would like to think the history we would still be at this point. But without that game, I don't know how we. I don't know how we get there. Um, you know what I mean? Like, so it was just. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, Doug Williams had a good NFL career, but for one day, he was just, just, he's just on top of the. He's just on top of the sports world. Like, there's legendary, just no other way to say legendary, legendary that's performance. That's all it takes. God, it was just. It was just something to see. He goes down yeah. in history as as the when you're the first to yeah. do anything like your moment lives on forever. So for yeah. Doug Williams to be the first black yeah. quarterback, like his, his legend lives on forever. And I, I'm pretty sure like I'd speak for anybody, like nobody cares. If you tell me Doug Williams was the average quarterback after that, like nope. he did nope. the unthinkable, like he's yes. that day. He's the legend. And and so you don't care if he's average. You're not, you don't remember him for anything else, but that Super Bowl, like he's the first, yep. he goes down as the first for something. And, and when you're the first for anything, especially in the sports world, like you live on for forever. Like, like yes. your, your legend lives on forever. You're That's exactly something. right. You, yeah, yeah. The, it'll never be erased what he did. Like, I mean, like I say, like, you know, not to belabor it. We're talking about a league that this isn't too many years after Warren Moon 
maybe the best quarterback I ever saw play, had to go play Canadian football because the NFL wouldn't let him play quarterback. And he wound up being one of the best quarterbacks in both leagues. Like we're not that far removed from that when Doug Williams does that. Like it's just not only that, they had to decide to Washington shout out to Joe Gibbs. They had to decide to let Doug Williams be the starting quarterback because he wasn't the original starting quarterback. It was Jay Schrader. Jay Schrader got hurt in the middle of the season. There was all the strike and all these other things. They could have went back to Jay Schrader. Like it, there's so many factors. It's 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 just fascinating. But it, you know, it's history and it's it's awesome. And like again, on the field, it was awesome as it happened too. This wasn't like he you know he got by with it and then it's the it's the social impact or whatever. Like it was actually a great performance on the field too. So just, just um, it's one of those just lightning in a bottle situations, legendary performance. And and like Mo said, man, it can't ever be taken away. So that's I'm, I'm Doug Williams. This, this will never change in my rankings. I don't think. Yeah, it doesn't. And, and I'll tell you for those of y'all that don't know, like we've been doing shows, we've been having conversations and Jeff has been leading up to be able to, Lash out, unleash that moment. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I knew this was coming. Prior, when he made the show idea, I knew that this conversation was coming. So just for perspective, like Jeff has been waiting for this. Yeah. He created this show to talk about that moment. <laughs> he didn't even Super Bowl because he part of him wanted to pick this Super Bowl as the greatest Super Bowl he ever watched to give Buck Williams his flowers. But he remember we were doing the top five performances, and so he wanted. <laughs> He wanted. He knew his number one. He, I don't even think you cared about two through five because you knew your number one. Like all this was leading up to your number one. Hey, hey, hey Jerry Rice went to an HBC, HBCU also, I believe. So shout out to yeah. Jerry Rice too. He he took the uh, he, or Terrell Owens too, right? Yeah. Miss. I don't yeah. think. Like, well, he might yeah. not be an HBCU. Yeah, he. I, he you're right. Like Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee University, of Tennessee Chattanooga. Yeah, and Rice went to Mississippi Valley. So yeah, yeah. it's like a small. School but anyways, some of these guys took took the hard way to get there. I guess that's what we're saying. Tom Brady, seventh round pick, everybody knows. Uh, Vaughn Miller was great. Fitzgerald was the best player in college football. Like it, it goes both ways. But yeah, you can you can basically what we're saying. You could do it from every direction. So all right, Mo. Without further ado, give us your number one because this is a really good choice. The unforgotten hero in a Super Bowl where. A whole bunch of narratives, right? In the, in this Super Bowl, so this is what started Jeff hates running backs. This is what started this. This man right here started Jeff hates running backs, and in a good way. The, see, so so boom, perfect. So Super Bowl Fifty One, James White should have been the Super Bowl MVP, right? And and when we talk about Super Bowl Fifty One, like the focus obviously is twenty eight to three. That, but when you talk about the narratives and and we share. Blame on, you know, Kyle Shanahan gets buried for it for him being the offensive coordinator. Obviously, Dan Quinn gets buried for it. We talk about the the Atlanta offense just imploding. Then we talk about Tom Brady. And then when we think about the Patriots, like Tom Brady brought them back. And then you think about the Julian Edelman catch, right? Like those are the narratives. Those are the memories. But like this man, James White, six carries for 29 yards. Terrible. How could a running back? You know, six carries to 29 yards, and you're telling me he was supposed to win Super Bowl MVP. He had 14 catches, 110 yards, three touchdowns. This was like he was the ultimate, like, this game winning touchdown. Yeah. And this is why there are two back systems now because of guys like James White, who, like, they, they're, they're dynamic enough of a runner throughout their career of high school, college. Like, they are running backs, but like, they bring a different, 
flavor to the game and out of the backfield that you need. And he became like Brady's safety blanket, like him and Gronk, like the tight end running back. Like it was, especially in that offense, James White fit perfect. Like he was the safety blanket. If all else fails, like I put a swing route to my running back out the backfield and he made the most of it. And even after this was leading up, everybody thought James White was going to win. Like there were a lot of people who thought James White was going to win Super Bowl MVP. He should have. Like, when you look at it and then Tom Brady won it and said, this this award should go to James White, like so. Yeah, but he's yeah, no shade to Brady. He, yeah, Bra- Brady said it. Like it's not to take away from what Brady did. Like you had to make those throws. Like James White doesn't have 110 yards without Brady throwing the ball. But that's one of those where you give the quarterback too much credit sometimes, and that's where you gave the legend his legendary moment. Like coming back down 28 to three, like he was already legendary at that point, and it put a stamp on his goat case that he let's was imagine. Let's imagine James White. This is what started Jeff Hates running backs. Let's imagine James White's name is Ladanian Tomlinson. Like we're talking about the one of the greatest games that the running backs ever played. Oh, he's winning like, he's I, Super Bowl MVP. It's not easily, even easily. It's not him, Adrian Peterson. Like we go down the line, Barry Sanders, whatever. They're winning Super Bowl MVP off that performance. Deion no Branch has a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, like, and nobody would care that you only had six carries, 29 yards. Like, okay, LT had 14 catches, 110 yards, three touchdowns in oh, the game-winning touchdown. Like, like you said, so, and Brady acknowledged it. Like, James White should have won this. Like, he's the unsung hero in really a lot of Super Bowls because when certain oh, yeah. guys win Super Bowl MVP and, and we, we, we bring up this list, like, we know – like T.O. got would have got it had they won he would have got acknowledged for his performance. Yeah. San Antonio Holmes was the Super Bowl MVP. Brady should it, had they won he would have won Super Bowl MVP. Von Miller you know on my list was the Super Bowl MVP. But then when you think about James White like if we talk about that game we bring up twenty eight three nobody even we've just had the, the conversation about that game recently and nobody really brought up James White's performance. They had fourteen catches for one hundred ten yards and three touchdowns. We talk I'm about so that. glad you I'm so glad you brought it up and put it on the list because. He is one of my favorite players of all time. He's just a just a great guy and a great story. Like you know, t- to start with that, and he's just a great player. And he had a. I think I'm. He's got at least two Super Bowls. He might have three with them. Um, nice, nice career. But just like I remember that game being like, you know, I always go back to that. You know, when I'm arguing about the running backs, but first thing I say is like James White was the best player in the field that day, and it's James White. Like yeah, and like that's the James White game. Like essentially, that should have been his moment. He should have a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And, it's, and it's he not would tell. And I guarantee he. And he doesn't care at all. Like he's he's just that dude. Like he doesn't. Yeah, it just it, it's one of those like and to have it at one like you know people can argue whether it's the greatest but it's like you got I, I want to give credit to the unsung hero I'm going to give credit yeah. to the guy that when we talk about this moment you think about 28 to 3 when you talk about Atlanta you talk about Kyle Shanahan folding as an offensive coordinator you talk about Dan Quinn being the head coach you talk about how could y'all not run the ball run the timeout y'all kept throwing Matt Ryan like you should have took command and, and you know took charge yeah. as a quarterback who, who was an MVP supposed to win the Super Bowl like and then you talk about Brady and Belichick, and this is the story of their careers, like how Belichick was getting torched, and then he their defense just tightened up and played absolutely amazing. So they all the stars get credit, and then Julian Edelman really making one of the most amazing catches in Super Bowl history. Edelman had a really good game, by the way. Edelman yeah, did have he a really good great, game. But it was like, and then that catch sticks out to you. Like when you think about a moment in the Patriots offense, like it was that Julian Edelman catch. Like that's yeah. That's what sticks to, especially your casual fan. But then you just forget about, well, where were all these points coming from? If if Brady wasn't throwing for a whole bunch of touchdowns and and 
Edelman didn't have three touchdowns. Like, so now Gronk didn't have three touchdowns. So where are these points? And it's all James White. Like, it's an amazing yeah. performance by James White. So for me, he's like the unsung hero. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I just, I have to give him his credit. So to put him at number one is just really to give him fly and bring light to the fact James White had a game of all games, but it, it yeah, and his and his name doesn't stand out. Like what an innocuous name. He wasn't a top five running back. Yeah. He wasn't a star in the game. He was just really think it would have really think it would have made him more unsung as if his name was just Jim White. <laughs> like yeah. if, if his name's, his name's Jim White, we're like, man. But you know, another guy, the the you know the Patriots had like that. I remember uh, Kevin Falk. Uh, Marshall's cousin had, had one of the had one of the I love that guy out of LSU one of the greatest careers best third down back I ever saw I stand by it, the best as far as a pure third down back which was pretty much what he was it just he had a first down I always said it Kevin Fox in the game get first down uh, See, but so, people forget about the fact that there was a time in football where you did have a third down back oh, like turtle it's there were Kevin Falk, actually now Kevin Falk has a good career in, in today's NFL like he's perfect yeah, for today's you NFL forget about like you forget like because now there's a two back system too and like it was a quick translation and it's been around for a minute now everybody like yeah. shoots the two back system you forget that like even when you had star running backs like Either your fullback, you had an elite fullback, or you had like an elite, like third down guy, like third and short or whatever. Like, yeah. but because the stars take over the game, you don't think about like who was LT's third down back. Adrian Peterson was, th- those were like the do it all guys, but there were very few. Then you had your third down back, but you know, you took it back to a time where people my age, I remember I was so invested in football, obviously playing and stuff too, but that was a real thing. Like, there were really, no, third, it was, a, it was a big switch. And the Patriots were. Was Get, yeah. Go on down and give me the first down. That's your yeah. job. You you had to block and you you had to be a, a great receiver on third down. And then you know then you got guys like we say like Tomlinson and stuff that were were everything. But those guys like Marshall Fox is still I I think he might be the best player I ever saw play football. I can just I can't quite quantify that yet. But like that guy could do it all. But there's not a ton of those. And on that day, White yeah he 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 knew his job. He knew what he needed to get done. And like without him, I, they don't win the game. That's all. That's all you can say about it. I understand they need Brady, they need Gronk, they need Edelman too. But White was, and he had the game-winning touchdown. Like how many players have had the game-winning touchdown? Like walk-off touchdown, and forget and about you. You kind of forget about them. Um, and and no disrespect to him, it's just it's sometimes that's how football goes. Like we didn't even get back. Like just because we're not old enough, like. I'm sure there's a lot of older fans that would be like, well, you didn't see this happen in the seventies. You didn't see this happen in the sixties. I totally agree with that. Like, I know that there's players back then that we have no idea what a great game they had and they don't have the footage and the replays and the the, the HD it's, it's time. But I'm sure that on that given day, you know, if you're there watching Johnny Unitas play football, it's like it might be one of the greatest things you've ever seen. How do you have like, this performance in 2017 and people forget about it? Like, how does this not age well? Right. You know, five was that? So yeah, in 2017, Eddie, like Eddie, we had 4K TV at that time. Like, like Eddie, we George, Eddie George, Eddie George in '99 is the Super Bowl MVP if they win the game. Like, great game. It's gone. Yeah. Like, it's not gone, but like, it's just it's sports move. Sports rolls you over. Sports is a steamroller. That's why I'm glad we did this show, man. I, I feel so great about it. I'm glad you agreed to do it with me. Uh, again, this is super week. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have any more. I can cram in the rest of the week. I'm going to try uh, to, to get some more done. I got a couple shows tomorrow night. You got Dan Felton coming back on. Um, you know, Mo, I know you got, you got NFL draft capital. Uh, you've been busy on that. Open flames is still going. You got, you got to, you got to turn your hat around and be an NBA analyst. I don't, I don't have to do that. So shout out to you for doing that, man. You, you're doing it. You're doing a great job right now, bud. 
Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. You know, things are picking up. The trade deadline's coming, you know, Super Bowl week. Like, then the Super Bowl's going to be over, and we're going to figure out what Aaron Rodgers and everything does. So it's and like, then you got free agency, you got the NFL draft, yep. and then you got the NBA, you got March Madness, you got the playoffs. NBA playoffs. I got to a mic around me at all times at this point. I might as well just walk around with my laptop, my roadcaster, and my mic because I might need to even drop an episode in the car while I'm driving. Like, it's getting that important in sports at this point. Hey, well, hey, you're one of the best at it, man. Thanks for doing this show. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Go to OffTheBallNetwork.com. Check everything out. Definitely go to Up in Flames. Go to Draft Capital NFL. Check out the stuff that Mo's doing. Believe it or not, he's not just on my show. He's just nice enough to uh, to stop by and, and make it better. But uh, he, he's got a lot going on in his own. And I'm sure he's he's probably going to be on other shows coming up, too. This guy this guy never takes a break. And at, at the same time, you know, be, being a father and um, – you know, um, a member of the armed forces, man. I can't thank you enough. That, that was awesome, man. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on, bro. All right. Shout out to everybody. Be kind to everybody. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll see you soon.